0: Good morning, everybody. Today, B'zat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ein Aleph and Masech's Kiddush. let's start on the last line in Ein Amud Beis. Amar Rami, Rabbi Chama Barchanina. It's talking about Hashem's relationship with Klai Yisrael. Shvatim. When Hashem is going to be Metaher the Shvatim. What do you mean, Metaher the Shvatim? Well... That's the thing. We're talking about Asari Yuchsin. You might recall, before we hit the weekend, we started talking about, we almost finished the peric on Erev Shabbos, and we were talking about intermarriage, okay? And then we got to thinking uh, to start Asari Yuxin, right? That's the name of our peric. So we're in a new peric, Asari Yuchsin, And the question in Asar Yuchsin is, well, we know that intermarriage is not it is not uh, allowed. This is the last parak, by the way. We know that intermarriage is not allowed, but how do you know whether, whether the person that you're marrying has what we call yichus, right? Has a lineage that is pure. So that brought us to Asari yuchsin. What's Asari yuchsin? Well, this uh, there was an episode during the time that Ezra Nehemiah brought people back from Babel to Eretz So how did you understand Asari Yixin, Barry? What was, what was the kind of lineage of people, the motley crew, that they brought? Asari Yixin means that there was like 10 different levels of Yichus, all the way from like really good to not so good at all, that came from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So, right, there's a and Rava, and Ravah, uh, 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 what was it, Abaye and Rava about exactly how was how was this lineage how does this reflect on the way the lineage was in Eretz Yisrael vis-à-vis Bavel, vis-à-vis everywhere else we'll repeat that again today but um, it seems clear from the Psukim in Ezra Nehemia that what they did was they had a Sanhedrin, right? Obviously, Ezra and Nehemiah were very powerful in Babel. Before they left Babel, they wanted to make sure that everybody that was going to contaminate, so to speak, the lineage, was cleared out of Babel, right? They wanted to make sure that the lineage was all straightened out in Babel before they brought it to, to Eretz Israel, such that in Babel, as we will see today, um, the lineage was maybe clearer, right? The question of who is a Jew was more Dicey in Eretz one might say ironically, than it was in Bovel. Okay, that can happen. I um, I can't resist the urge to tell you, uh, Andrew. You've been to Mallorca. You know what? Mallorca is a beautiful. What? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Mallorca is off as is an island off of Spain. Oh yeah, the English. That's cor- that's correct, Andrew. So you know a little bit about it. Uh, I I spoke to. There's a beautiful. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a St. Regis in Mallorca. You go there, Saint, why am I saying St. Regis? You go there on Bonvoy Points. I have a buddy, uh, he's much younger than me, but he's in the Brisker Colos. So, and he, apparently he has a really good schwer because there's no place on Bonvoy Points, there's no St. Regis or, uh, or Ritz Carlton that he has not experienced. And he thought the one in Mallorca was overrated. But I thought that it was properly rated. I mean, you know, he's done the Maldives and all this other stuff too. I thought it was properly rated. Beautiful hotel there. It's like a 10-minute flight from from Barcelona. Why am I even mentioning Mallorca? Because Mallorca, Barry, is where a bunch of Jews escaped during the Inquisition. And if you go to the airport in Mallorca, which is like a 10-minute flight, you just take off in Barcelona and then next thing you know, you go back down in Mallorca. The um, uh, airport sells ensimadas. Ensimadas are chalas. They look like these chalas. And they're... Uh, but they are filled with pig lard, right? There's pig lard all over the top of it, right? And that's like the national food. What? Why? Because the Jews were trying, they were basically what we call Muranos. They called them something else. But the Jews were in such hiding that they tried to show, tried to display that they were not Jewish, right? That's how in hiding they were. And they would do this thing, that they still call it that in Mallorca, which is called doing Shabbos chores. They don't even know that the, the source of it is doing Shabbos chores, which means on Saturday, everybody like goes and does a lot of chores. They used to do malacha before Hesse on Shabbos in order to demonstrate that, they're, that they want to be like the non-Jews in order to save their lives. There is one day in the year where every Jew in Mallorca, and there was like 10 families. What happened was they tried to escape Mallorca also, and they were caught. And I'm bringing this all up because it has a lot to do with Yuchsen, because I, I believe it was the Chazoneshu Paskind, that no matter who you are, if you're from Mallorca, if you say you're a Jew, you're definitely a Jew and you're Yhus, Your lineage is pure. You don't have to do anything other than to say you're a Jew because nobody from Mallorca would marry you. In other words, they were blacklisted, these Jewish families in Mallorca, and they were blacklisted in such a way that no other person would ever marry marry a Jew. They were very aware, as much as they tried to hide their identity, everybody was very aware who these Jewish family were, and you wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole if you were one of the non-Jews of Majorca. So you see this idea of lineage. There was historically sometimes a willingness to intermarry, and sometimes it was so pure, so to speak. It was so, such a resistance, whether it's from within the Jewish community or from outside the Jewish community, and it doesn't contaminate right, the, 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 uh, the Jewish lineage, so to speak, right? It doesn't cha- nobody comes in or out. That, ironically, in Majorca, you could have somebody who's 10th generation didn't have a bris and you know for sure that they're Jewish because nobody would marry. That was a psaac that they got back like in the 70s, uh, in the 1970s. Um, Anyway, I I can't resist telling you, what is the one day a year that every Mallorcan, no matter where they are in the world and how far flung they are, celebrates? It's Titus Esther. Because they relate to the idea of being a Jew outside of their natural, that's the thing that they're most relatable to them, being a Jew outside of their natural element, right? And so even though they're not openly Jewish, most of the Jews in Mallorca are not openly Jewish, Tynus Esther, they set up a whole banquet and they don't eat it. Because just like Esther in the palace, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that, so, just like Esther in the palace. Okay, so Rabbi Grossman, uh, Barry, it reminds me of, of the clip that you sent me of Rabbi Grossman of Esther in the palace. That Haman said, Yesh am mefaraz amim, right? That we, when we are separate and scattered amongst the earth, we are supposed to be a single nation, and uh, once we have pirud and uh, machlokas, that's when we are vulnerable. Maybe we be to do what Esther Malka did, uh, said to do, and, and Mordechai said to do, which is to gather together, right, the, to, to gather together all the Jews together in, in the achdus and thus bring the Messianic era. Okay, so that's my intro. So be that as may metaher shvatim. So it, when Mashiach comes bimhere uh, they're going to be able to identify the lineage. Fine. So shifta shelavi chila When such, when that will happen, they're going to purify Shavit levi first. We're going to first identify who is most specifically, as you see from the from tukim, most specifically who is a kohen. How do we know? Because from You're going to sit. Who Hashem is or Mashiach, as it were, will sit. As a and refiner and purifier of silver. You're going to purify the sons of Levi, purge them like gold and silver. And then, right, the resultant, um, kohanim, that will certainly be kohanim, will be, will offer offerings, right? Bits Right? So this is a, a reference. This last piece is a Passover Malachi of Elohim Navi. It's a reference to Eliyahu Navi, right? When the Mashiach comes, he's going to be able to determine who the true Kohanim are. So, Amar Rabbi Shuman Levi, Kesef Mam Zerim, a different teaching based from the same Pasuk. It says, V'yashim Mitzarefim Teher Kesef. Right? The Pasuk says that somebody's going to come and purify, like, refine and purify silver. So, in this context, the silver is doing a different function. It's not like you're just like purified silver. It's an allusion to the fact that if they have money, they'll be able to, what? To participate in Kalal Yisrael, even though they're mamzerim. Uh, Okay. So this is a different thing, right? The first thing we've said is like a silversmith purifies silver, so too, Kalal Yisrael, the lineage will be purified. This is a different thing. This is, if you have a lot of money, you'll be able to enter Kalal Yisrael, even if you're a mamzer. It says, Okay. So, how do you explain the hemshech, the, the next part of the pasuk that they will be bringing offers, uh, offering mitzdaka? So, before I said the it sounded like through righteousness, right, that they're going to be right because their lineage is purified, they can be able to bring the korbanos as kohanim, right, uh, with righteousness. No, but here it means magisha mincha that literally because they give tzedaka, then you know they're going to be a choson hoshas. As not, my son Nachi always says, right? They're going to bring the biggest philanthropist, and say, "My husband is a choson hachas." Right? He, they're going to give them covered for giving the balay tzdaka. So, remember Yitzchak, right? Tzdaka asa, Baruch Hu, in Israel, right? That this was a charity, charitable behavior between Baruch Hu, the Klal Yisrael, right? That even though the family at some point, right, the yichus was uh, contaminated, so to speak. Once they're mixed in, they're mixed in. Everybody's presumed to be Jewish, and they're treated as such. Okay, So now we're going to go back to something we discussed in Samach Tassam and And we said, gufa, this relative idea of what is, where is the lineage pure? Eretz Yisrael, Bovel, or the rest of the land? So I'm going to review them. Issa means do. Do means it's like mixed in. Mixed in means that it's not exactly pure. Okay, So relative to Eretz Yisrael, if you come from you know Japan, so it's not hundred percent true. Uh, clear who whether the population was totally right, uh, glot kosher, right? Uh, uh, in terms of lineage, Eretz is more kosher. However, Eretz Israel, <clears throat> is but Eretz Israel, relative to Babel, is is mixed. Babel is the most pure. <coughs> okay, so be me Rebbe Big sure loss is a In the days of Rebbe, they tried to treat Bavel like Isa compared to Eretz Israel. What this means is like this. In other words, at a certain point, right, you have to say if you're from a certain place, So I, that's why I couldn't resist bringing up Majorca. Like they said that, so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most Kaddish place. It just means this is where the lineage is most trustworthy, right? At a certain point, you don't know. <laughs> at the end of the day, right, nobody knows who had relations with who at the end of the day. And it's just a question of, so that's why in Mallorca it was like a self-policing system because nobody would have relations with you if you're a Jew, okay? But the question is, if you're from a certain place, depending on the behavior of that locale, can it be assumed, right, that there was no extra extra religious relations? Um, so, Bikshulas was Babil, Israel, Eretz They wanted to say, you know what, Eretz is very chashiv. If you come from Babel, right, you're going to have to show, right, that you are, in fact, uh, of, of uh, lineage, right? Which would mean that eretz is where you can assume if you're born in eretz can you don't have to prove your lineage as opposed to above all Okay, so, right, so in other words, again, who's assumed to be genealogically pu- uh, pure determines whether you have to be investigated or not. That's the point, right? Do we, Do we have to... This is, again, who's a Jew? When you try to establish Israeli citizenship today in modern Israel. So you need a note from your rabbi. In other words, if you're a Jew, they don't ask questions, right? And they give you automatic Israeli citizenship. So should, that, should you need a note for your rabbi if you're born in Israel? No, right? Once you're born in Israel, then they, then, then they don't ask for a note to establish citizenship. So that's what Rashi says. right. So if you're born in Israel... It's assumed mi yuchas Rabbanut doesn't ask for proof of your Judaism, right? So let's say you get a shidduch from Bavel. So what does that mean? If you get a shidduch from Bavel, then for sure you're Jewish, or do you have to check? So again, Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda Nasi tried to make it such that if you're coming from Bavel, you have to prove that you're a Jew. Whether if you come from Israel, Rabbanut assumes that you are a Jew. Amelhen, what did he say? Rabbi. Right? You you're you're poking out my eyes out. Why? Because Rebbe was a Babylonian right uh descent. He was from Bnei Bonav Shilhil, as Rachi says. And he came, uh and he came and he made Aliyah. So he said you're putting right, you're 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 putting thorns in my eye. Why? Ritsonchem, if that's your will, you're tapping the Machem Rebchanina Barchama, right? Abchanina Barchama will deal with you. Okay? So Right, so again, Bikshu, Lasos, Bavel, Yisrael, Eretz People wanted to treat Bavel, right, like it was do relative to Eretz Israel. Rebbe himself had come from Babel, And so they were trying to treat, right, everybody who, like him, that was coming from Bavel, as though their lineage was questionable. And now you have to uh, show proof of Yichus. And he said, this is, this is just annoying. Go to Rabbi Harina bar He'll deal with it. Okay, Ruchani Rabchama, right, was, he was was going to have the authority to speak to them. So, Nitav Elimar Ruchani Rabchama. So, sure enough, Ruchani Rabchama dealt with them. How so? Amar Lahem, Kach Me Kublani He said to them, "I learned this from Bishmal Ber Now, Rabbi was Israeli. So, what did he say? She Amar Mishum Aviv. He said, "In the name of his father, namely Rabbi Call Aratzos Isa Aratzos Ralv Aratzosal Right. So, in other words. All the lands are like a mixture compared to Eretz Yisrael. So, if you're coming from anywhere else, if you're making a shidduch with Eretz Yisrael, it is the burden of proof of yichus is on whoever is from Chutz as we call it. But Eretz Yisrael versus Bavel, Eretz Yisrael, the burden of proof is on Eretz Yisrael to show yichus because the yichus of Bavel was even more, right, so to speak, pure. Okay, so that was the idea that beca- Bavel that when it comes to Rabbi he was of babylonian descent they didn't necessarily write because he was uh, what we call no because he himself was babylonian of course he would think that babylonian descent is a pure, and then, therefore they didn't want to accept it from him when he made aliyah they didn't want to believe him that the lineage from astral that the lineage from Bavel rather was pure however right rabbi was israeli so rabbi yosi was accepted and his right when you when you have certain min Eretz artziral so you don't want the gedolim, right? So even if you have the gedolim of America, they're not the ones that are poskening the shilas for Yisrael. The gedolim from Eretz Yisrael should poskend the Shailahs for Yisrael. And Rabiossi, since he was a godol from Eretz Yisrael, he was poskening this Shailah, and once he was the one that said that he, once he, even he conceded that the lineage from Bavel was more authoritative and reliable than the lineage from Eretz Yisrael, then they were willing to accept that. So that would mean that anybody who came from, made Aliyah from Bavel, to Eretz Yisrael, was did not have to show proof authentication of their yichus of their lineage because even the gedolim in Eretz Israel conceded that the lineage from Bavel was even purer than the lineage from Eretz Israel, and therefore you would be able to make the shiduchim with them. Okay, now we may Rabbi Pinchas big shulahs with Bavel israel Eretz Israel. So again, similarly, uh, right? This was controversial. They tried to make Bavel like like Eretz Israel Eretz Israel more yichus. Right? That's what that means. So, so this is to show you the extent of how controversial it was, Andrew. You're going to love this. <coughs> right? Rav Pinchas said, you know what? I'm about to say something, two extremely controversial, controversial, controversial things um, in Sheer." He says, as soon as I say it, he says to his Talmidim, Kloni barisu virotsu, put me on a stretcher and run. What do you mean put me on a stretcher and run? like like Hatzalah like on fire. Rashi. He was old and he couldn't run very fast. And when he was, he was about to reveal something that's going to expose some families and they're going to want to kill him for it. They're going to lynch me, he said. And I'm an old man, I can't run very fast. So just carry me on your backs and get me out of here. But I'm about to say something really controversial and sheer. That's how you get a lot of people to come to your sheer, Barry. Okay? Um, yeah. We learn. um, we learn. the Ishmas. master of Chaim Zev Malinitz. I'll never forget. He decided one day he's going to give Shalom Bias classes. Now, he was a certain personality. He always said it like it was. So people assumed that if he was going to give Shalom Bias classes, it was going to be entertaining. Like we're going to get an angle that, like, we never heard before. Um... <laughs> And, and, and he did not disappoint. His, his, he said something to the effect of, I, for some reason this sticks in my mind, he said, you have to be very caring for your wife and you have to show that you care. But like the very first, if I remember correctly, his very first in, intro is like, did you ever walk back from getting the groceries and then like you walk into the house and you get kind of like the third degree and you don't even know what happened and you're, we, we're bewildered and you don't even know what it was that you did or said. You're just standing there bewildered. That was like his first line. Everybody's already laughing. Um, it was almost like, I mean, he wasn't trying to be funny. He was giving good advice. But, um, my point is he said, I'm about to, I'm about to give Sean Bias classes. So he packed the house. <laughs> it must have been like, it felt like a thousand people there. Anyway, so he says, this is going to be a really controversial sheer. So they're going to lynch me. So as soon as I say my peace, get me out of there very quick. So Ki Ay, he enters the base Medish. Ammalhem and he says the following two seriously controversial things. The first thing is, of. Wow. In other words, we know that you have to shecht cows, but chicken? No, Purdue. You don't have to have ritual slaughtering. Wow. That's unbelievable. Can you imagine the kind of harem the rabbi could be in for making such a statement, Bizmanazeh? Anyway, the students were sitting there and they were thinking about this. They were, while they were in shock from that first statement, he said to them, and he went and said that all the lands are and the controversial bomb that Eretz is contaminated compared to Bavel. Bavel is pure. Well, sure enough, right? Not They they wrapped him up, put him on a stretcher, and ran out of there. And sure enough, Ratsu Akharov and everybody tried to chase him and lynch him, but lo you. Hashem, the Talmudim that put him in the stretcher and ran away, um, actually uh, were not able to, they were, they were able to outrun those who went to lynch him. Anyways. So the point is two very controversial ideas that you don't eat shkita for chickens, and that you can, fact, um, say that the lineage from Bavel is better than the lineage from Eretz Yisrael. You can see why people in Eretz Yisrael will not take kindly to that Khirish. Okay? Now, the students after, subsequently tried to figure out, is this true? Yeah, they started to investigate, is this really true? That the families in Eretz Yisrael are not as pure as the families in Bavel? Well, guess what happened? They started digging and they started realizing some of the uh, inconvenient truths about the families in Eretz Israel and their lineage and some of the families that uh, were very popular families indeed were um, uh, exposed and these were not just fa- popular families but they were very powerful families and that ended up putting them in Makom Sakana uh, as Rashi explains that they're, the, they were literally they were in danger like they were, they were going to get beat up for for exposing those families, so then they kind of laid off, Upirshu, right? They laid off and they decided, we're not going to investigate these families anymore. Yeah. I had a dental assistant in Bar Park. She was engaged to, uh, whatever, she was engaged to Rosh Hashiva's son in Debrak or whatever. She was Israeli, totally Israeli. Sarah was her name. And um, that the person she was engaged for to behaved badly, and it came to her attention because she, whatever, she actually... Accidentally found out, and when she discovered that her chassan was uh, behaving badly, she broke off the engagement as she should have, and she was run out of town. <laughs> and she ended up having to move to America, right? So these things happen. Anyway, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan was a great on that stone. He says, I'm telling you, by the Hechel that is in our power, right? It's in our hands, that to reveal which families in Eretz Yisrael are genealogically tainted? <laughs> in other words, I swear to you, I could tell you, but I'm not going to do that. Because if you really look and investigate, no family, even the families of a Gedolei Adar, doesn't have some admixture of weird, of uh contamination in there. So I'm not going to start naming all the families. So I'm not going to start naming all the families. In other words, the question is, what would happen if a family would be tainted? Do you like broadcast it to the whole world and then everybody knows? No. Once it happens, it kind of just mixes in. Once, and then, in the, and then in the days of Mashiach, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll know who's what. But until then, you just assume that everyone's Jewish. Amar Baye, right? Baye says, this is a Afanan Nami Tanina. This is also corroborated by a mission in Adios. There was a certain family. The name was based Sharifa. They lived on Eber HaYardin, east of the Jordan. Okay? What we call the West Bank is the West Bank of the Jordan. Right. This is in the, in the east. It was publicly known to be, you know, genealogically pure. And, however, Ben Sion, who was, as Rashi explains, a very Adam Khashiv, v'ish zroah. He was a, Ish zroah means, he was a very influential person who had the authority, so to speak, right? He was very uh, powerful. He had the power to say, yes, you can enter the community. You cannot enter the community. So this family of Beis of, Hatzrifah, of, um, even though they were known to be pure, he wouldn't let his members marry into the main community. And Oda Cheresaitah, there was another family that was known to be tainted, v'kir v'ametsiyum and Benzion, who apparently was very influential, said, no, they can marry in. So, families like this, it was fascinating that even though, this, so, in other words, what, what's the example here? You had a family with a great reputation, and Benzion was like, no, we you want to double check before you marry them. And there was another family without a great re- reputation, he said, no, they're fine. So, families like this Elio, Bolatame, Elotai, El the El When Elio, Navi, comes, he's going to sort the whole thing out. Okay, that's the Mishnah in Adios. So Abaya says, elu You know, when you look at the Mishnah, it says, those who are known, they'll be dealt with. In other words, yeah, those which we know had sort of like an ironic treatment uh, based off of their public reputation, so that Eliel is going to sort out. But everybody up until then, you know, that's not known, that's kind of just like assumed, right? Don't ask, don't tell. So then those are just mixed in. That's the inference, right? That that Abaye makes in the Mishnah in Adios. That right? That unless you know, you don't ask. Okay. Now, a related brisa. There's another tainted family, and the, again, people didn't want to bring it out into the open. But you do. Transmit the knowledge of who's kind of like off limits. Once a once a yovel Once every seven years. Some said twice every seven years. It's reasonable to assume reasonable to assume the less frequent checking. You don't want to check so often. Because we learned in the following b'risa. <laughs> this is the b'race having to do with what nazir. If a person says that I'll be nazir in condition. That I don't reveal the dirt that I know on genealogically tainted families. Yeah, let him be a nazir and not reveal the identities of families. Which is to say that we actually encourage not being megale mishpachos. Better, don't ask, don't tell, and therefore it is more reasonable to assume that the less frequent checking is the preferable one. That's what that means. Okay. Now, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Shame ben arba osios. Okay, what's going on here? So, this just has to do with frequency of checking. Uh, that's, what, that's the parallel here, as you'll see. So, the shame ben arba osios is shame of Hashem. The yud ke The four letter word. Trechrogamaton. The four letter word of Hashem. So, this is not a name that you throw around. Uh, what do you mean? We all know what it is. Yud ke Everybody knows that. So Rashi explains, Okay, how to write it, how to say it. Perusho. Oh, okay. maso. So what it actually means. Like you don't, like when you say the same adnus, you know that's like my master. What does Yud Kevavke even mean? We don't even know what that is. So what it means, the Perush, so it's not the kind of thing you, you learn in Daf Yomi. It's the kind of thing you, you pass along, Pamachas B'Shavua. Once every seven years, and again, some say twice every seven years. You could teach that year. So again, just like when it comes to checking the yichus, it's it the the parish of the UK vavke is the less frequent um, learning schedule. It seems to be the more uh, reasonable one. Well, it says that'll be my name forever, but leolam, if you change around the the nekudot, l'alem k'tiv, right? It's la lame like it should be kept uh, concealed. Okay, so rava, so concealed, it would therefore make more sense if you're keeping the name concealed, so then you're teaching it less frequently. What That's what that means. Once every seven years instead of two seven years. Twice every seven years. Well, that's, that's the point. You are keeping the lineage a little bit. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. We're keeping the shame. Hashem also concealed. Rava, so rava's decided one day you know what? I'm going to give a share about Yudke Vavke. That's going to be the topic. And an elder man said to him, No, listen, it says la'alem. Better you don't. And so Ravah had to concede, maybe not. In other words, whenever you're thinking, should I talk about, give a share about the parish of Yudke Vavke, or should I give a share about something else? Give it about something else. Okay? We're, we're learning Nigla here. Zeshmi So, Ravina. Was talking about the contrast of the two psukim. It, what, what's the pasuk? It says, yeah. Right, you're about to tell them, "I'm going to save them from from Shebud Mitzrayim." It's tell them, That's what he says. So it says, "Zeshmi." This is my name. Tell Klal that's my name. And this is my <coughs> mention, my memory. So I'm how do you understand that? So Koshboko is telling Klausrael, Lok Shani Nikra. The way that I am written is not how I will be referred to. right? I'm written, as we see in the Torah, and you see it, right? And yet when we see the Yud Kavke, what do we say? The Shem Adnus, right? Okay. So that is alluded to in Zeshmi Zazikri. Right my name is one thing but that you don't call me that okay so Abanon. So that was the four letter name but you may not have known but now you're going to know there's also a 12 letter name and a 42 letter name So when it comes to the 12 letter name Berishona, Shame Ben Stamasrey so used to be everybody knew this 12 letter name Misharabu however some indiscreet people were throwing it around a little bit and so they said you know what we're not talking about this name anymore and only the discreet kohanim are going to know about it. So to go to Muslim, and the discreet kohanim would murmur it, they would like swallow it a little bit, say it in an undertone, while the rest of their kohanim are going, nai, 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 nai. there is some weird stuff that we say during the kohanim blessings of or whatever they say, some names of Malachim. So maybe that's uh, referenced here. Anyway, Tanya, we said in the bracha, I'm Rabbi Tarfan himself was a Kohen, as Rashi points out. And, but he's talking, but he also, his mother was a Bas Kohen also. That's what Rashi says, Shereikoin, Rabbi Tarfan, and says in Tosefta and that uh, how do we know he was a Kohen? Because he once was Mikadesh 300 women in, uh, during a famine so that in order to feed them cheaper, truma food. Anyway, in order to save them. That's a whole other story. But he was Duchening. Vitesi yozni yitzel coin and he was able to hear the coin gadol duchenin v'shamati and he hears him kind of like saying in another tone. But imas a coin saying the twelve letter name in another tone, while the fellow kohanim are doing the melody. Can you imagine? Take yourself to that time and place. It would be zocher to hear the coin gadol duchen me. Okay. How about the 42-letter name? That's a good one. That we don't pass around the 42-letter name. That person has to be uh, discreet, humble, at least middle-aged, not prone to anger, not prone to inebriation, intoxication. Right, he's not, you know, a hardliner, anyone who knows his name. This forty-two-letter name, and if you indeed are, have all those mitas and you're careful of a and keep it with purity. you loved above, and people like you below. And people feel the awe, you know, the awe of Hashem and, and the awe of this person. So it's a big deal to know this forty-two-letter name. Um Andrew, would you be would you be shocked if Barry knew the, I've said too much I would not be shocked I assume he does, assume he does also Barry don't tell mm-hmm. us we're not we don't need to tell you that we're not worthy okay six lines up Amr um, Shmuel Shmuel said in the name of one of the elders Bavel so again if you're a family from Bavel and you're in Shiduchim, Karen Trab doesn't have to look into your lineage it's assumed that it's pure Achi Vodala uh, unless proven otherwise, right? If you know that there's an impurity. right? If you come from anywhere other than Bavel, you're puzzled until proven pure. So you have to show that you're pure. If you come from, right, from Bavel, then you're pure until proven otherwise. Uh, Eretz Yisrael, what about Eretz Yisrael? Muchzak le pasal, Kasha. le So it's a fascinating statement, right? If it's muchzak that you're puzzle then you are. And if it's muchzak le then you are. Well, the Gemara says that seems to be internally contradicting, Hagu kasher, right? Amr mukzuk the Pasel Pasel has to am kasher. Right? If you're saying Mukhslik the Pasl Pasel, what would you say the default is? If you're saying mukzuk la Pasel is Pasil and mukzuk le kosher kasher is kosher. then what if a person has no khazaka? So what's what is the what is the default? The first part which says mukzuk the Pasul Pasil implies that the default would be Kasher. The other, but then the second half that says that if you're La, that then you're kosher, then that implies that the default would be puzzle. So which is it? it says the Amar It's not really because Yeah. It's not a contradiction. It goes like this. If you first if you're from Eretz stroll, right, then if you're first uh, submitting your resume to Karen Traub, so then you're gonna have to prove that you're kosher. That's in the, right, dating stage. Once you're already married, if you showed up from Eretz Israel and you're a married couple already, so then okay, So then we assume that's where the chazaka comes from. We assume that it's okay, right? We're not gonna start investigating married couples and, uh, and disentangling that. It's just like, you know, la chila, if you're sifting through resumes, then, uh, then in the premarital stage, we're gonna check. Okay, so two lines down. Amar Yosef, kol shi chazza be'babel, masi'in lo'isha. Checking to see if you're if you're comfortable with the language colloqu- uh, of, of Bavel. If you speak like a Babylonian, then we assume that you have great lineage and you can get married. But nowadays, the people who know how to speak um, uh, who know how to speak Babylonian neither not Chashinan. So now that doesn't help. <laughs> my son, oh my gosh, Torah Chaim is an American yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. They threw, this was this past Yontiv, we were there for Yontiv, they threw a Simchas Be'es HaShoeva. And a lot of Israelis wanted to get in. So they said, okay, we're only letting Americans in. This is a true story. This happened just this past Yontiv. So they, everybody who wanted to get in or they didn't recognize, they said, say the word passion fruit. <laughs> only Americans, notice. Israelis, t- can't say the word passion fruit to save their life. They're like, oh, of course, I'm America. <laughs> and that they literally worked. Okay. Okay, so he goes like this. True story, anyways. So, they tried to check the genealogical fitness of Bavel. So, Zairi was avoiding Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was trying to marry off his daughter. Okay. Nesiv Barti said, marry my daughter. Now, remember, Rabbi Yochanan was a great gadol for Meretz Israel. So, he had an Israeli daughter. She was from... Um, you know one one of one of the famous right uh she went to seminar right and the famous Israeli lineage, and Zairi was his Talmud from Bavel uh, he wasn't so interested in the Hashiva's daughter because she's Israeli, and the lineage isn't so hotzy totsy imagine wait a minute so and, and, and so Rabbi Yochanan was trying to pressure Za'iri, his Talmud, to marry his daughter. He kept saying, Nasiv Barti, marry my daughter. So Yomachad B'Urcha, they're going down a the road, Matul they come across a pool of water. So Za'iri is a great Talmud, he's like a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan, and he's carrying his Rebbe Rabbi Yochanan on his shoulders, across the pool. So Rabbi Yochanan says to him, He says, my Torah is good enough for you that you're making me your Rebbe and you're carrying me on your shoulders. But my daughter is not good enough for you? My Torah is good enough for you? What's your reason for assuming that you're so impeccably because you come from Bavel and we Israelis are substandard? If you want to say, well, our Mishnah says, etc., etc., etc. Right? In other words, it sounds like in our Mishnah that uh, when we learned it um, on Shabbos, that they sorted out and made sure that everything was ku- cool and kosher in Bavel before they left. So, if that's true, so Atu Kohanim Leviv Yisrael, kulusliku. Did all the Kohanim Leviv Israel come from Babel? Certainly not, right? There were some that were left in Babel. Okay, so hekedi, ishtari Mahani, ishtari Nami Mahani. Just as some of those Kohanim Leviv Yisrael remain behind in Babel, so too some of the members of, uh, also left behind. Therefore, what I'm saying is like this. Okay, so Kohanim Leviv Yisrael. In other words, Asari Yuchsen, Olumi Bavel. But not everybody came out from Bavel. So if you go through all the Asari Yuchsin, you'll see that some of them are pretty questionable, sketchy, right? And so guess what? If you go through all the 10 classes of people, some of the sketchy people came and some of them left, were left behind. And therefore, if you come from Bavel, you know better than me because there's sketchiness everywhere right? And therefore, what makes you think you're so much better than me, you can't marry my daughter, okay? It says the Gemari, Apparently, uh, Rabbi Yochoran had conveniently left over, uh, glossed over what Rabbi Lazar said, because after all, we know that Rabbi Lazar said, right? Rabbi Lazar had already said, we mentioned this on Shabbos, that Ezra was not willing to leave Bavel until everybody was until he had done a sort of a cleansing of ethnicity in Bavel to make sure that there would be no questions before he left because he didn't want to leave a mess back in Bavel. And it, it, that is what we already learned. So that was convenient he left out Rebbe and wanted to marry off his daughter to um, the to Okay. Now, another, another story. Ula Iklah the Pompadisa the Bay of Yehuda. Okay. Now, Ula went to Pompadisa. This is in Chutzlar, it's right in Bavel to the house of Rabbi Huddh. He served son, the that he was a bachelor, an older bachelor. So my time So wait a minute, why why is your son single? So Amrelay says to him Well who who am I supposed to marry him to? I, like I don't know the genealogical fitness of the people here. Wait a minute. It's Bavel, what do you mean? Everybody's genealogically fit. Granted it was six hundred years since Ezra. So maybe that's the reason. So Amr said to him, Ato He said, really? Do we know? Does anybody know? Right? In other words, who's a Jew? Well, like, you know, we make assumptions. You're not going to sit there and, 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 and wait until you're 100% true. Everybody's from everywhere. Maybe we descend from those about whom it is written, Nashim b'tzion inu yehuda. We know. We know that unfortunately they were Ovedekochavim They ravished all the women in Sion, right? And so it's like anybody could be from anywhere. This is in Echa, right? We lament the fact that right, that, that there have been some pretty bad times. And during those bad times, there was a lot. I mean, Rachman <laughs> right? We just experienced, we're in the middle of bad times right now. So who knows what's going on? Ah, and if you say, wait a minute. What do you mean bad times? Uh, okay, so there's, there's hoodlums and terrorists everywhere, um, and kids could be coming out of anything. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a Jewish mother, Abbas Yisrael, the Vlad is Kusher, you know, it's still a Jewish baby, but say, Vidilma mihanach hashochim al mitos usrichim al amos. Lie upon beds of what? Ivory and defiled their captors? What does that mean? So Ula explains the passage. Uh Okay, so these are people who are urinating naked in front of their beds. What does that mean? Rabbi Bo says that's gross behavior, but maybe that's not what it means. That they should go at the exile at the head of the exiles. He said about them, Rabbi Bo, they, you know, when we go to Golis, those um, just gross people should go first, okay? So wait a minute. That doesn't sound likely. I mean, it is weird um, degenerate behavior to urinate naked before your bed, but it's not necessarily usher per se. It might be actually usser, but it's like not to the point where you'd have to be the head of the, the tip of the spear in Gullus, like the first ones to go out of exile. That sounds too severe. El Amarabiyaboh, and it's for that reason Rabbi Bo explains the Pasuk otherwise and it relates back to our topic of lineage as follows. Says Rabbi Bow Right? These people who have these mixed gatherings, women, men and women, umad and they start attaching their beds one to the other wife swapping. And they start, right, mixing lineages. So so that's really bad. So what he's saying is our predecessors were Rahman Al Tslan engaging in adulterous activity. So who knows who's what? Who's genealogically fit? Could be Mamzerim in there, could be Avodazara in there, everything could be in there. It's all mixed in there. So navit. So we said, so what am I supposed to do? I have my single son. He's a pure holy tiger in the Shama. So how am I supposed to marry him off? So Ula said, zeal or shtikusa. Yeah. Go after a family whose people are quiet. What do you mean quiet? Peaceful, quiet people is a way of knowing they indeed are probably pure. Because you know, in Eretz when they check someone's lineage, when they see two people arguing, they see who's the first one to quiet down, and Amri, That's good, Yichus. That's the litmus test, Andrew. Whoever is quieter and calmer is more likely to have a cleaner lineage. Amir who is the yeah, he says, that's true in, in Bavel also, right? If you're a peaceful uh, person, that's your yichus. The Gemara asks, is that really true? So, um, Rav once came to the, to the house, right? He was checking out Shidduch, uh, Shafi Chala's kid, and he checks, my love be Yachsusa. Wait a minute, when he checked him, doesn't that mean that he checked his yichus? sounds like he checked it in some other way. says, the Gemara, that's exactly how he checked it. Yeah, that's how he checked In fact, that's what we say. Rav told the people who are checking, check the seat. Are they quiet and peaceful? Or are they a bunch of loudmouths? If they're loudmouths, you have to be dubious. You have to be concerned. If you see two people fighting, that's a shemis P'sul. You have to be concerned about their yichuz. Right? And because of that, P'sul... Then, Hashem's gonna already take care of it. They're not gonna bring the families together. The capulets and the Montagues, you see two families with beef. It's because probably one of them is of dubious lineage and they should not be, uh, Hashem is taking care of it. He's not allowing them to cleave to each other. Our papa said in the name of Rab, Bubbles healthy, oldest residents are genealogically fit. Mishon Mesa. Mishon is like dead. Like definitely don't marry anybody from them. And Madai Khole, Madai is sick. And Elam Goseses, And Elam, it's like uh, it's teetering on the on the brink of death. So it's like he's talking about locale, where should you get the shidduch from? Mabin the wait a minute. So media is Madai is sick and Elam is like is on the teetering of death. Is that really different? Yeah, because Rav chol lachayim, because most sick people are alive. So okay, so if you find a Shidduch from madai, okay, maybe maybe that's okay. Even though it's kind of like ill, it could be okay. Rov gosin lamisa, yeah. But if you're from elam, not so good because there they're probably dead. So now the gemara says. Based now we're going to do a little. We're finishing off last few minutes with geography because he said if you're from bavel, then your lineage is presumed to be kosher. The question is, uh, the payros from bavel. Where are the parameters of bavel? My my kids think it's funny. They say every everything in the Bible, right? Everything in, in uh, has to do with the Tigris and the Euphrates. They've never seen neither the Tigris or the Euphrates, but the Tigris and the Euphrates. Like if if you know where that is, then you know all of biblical geography. Okay, uh, especially now when you are reading right the bracious um, noach uh, lach lacha. Anyway, uh, to, How far does Babel <coughs> extend east of the, t- of the Tigris? Rav Amar Azak until the Azak River. Shmuel Amar Adnair Yoani to the Yoani River. We're going to turn the page in the article. You see a chart. You see a graph. A map. So the Gemara says the Alel B'Diglas Adhecha. How far does it extend upstream on the Tigris? Rav Amar Ad Bagdavana until Avna and Shmuel Amar Ad Mushkani until Mushkani. Okay, Mushkani? Is that included or not in Bavel? Right. So Shmuel's. Um, Right um, His masurah was That it was regarded As As Gola Which is a good thing Gola in this case Means Bavel Which means that it's That it was incorporated Bavel and it's pure So what does that mean? He means that Mushkini itself Is included as well When he says that In the boundaries of Bavel Which is good For yuchsin. Okay so How far does Bavel Extend downstream On the Tigris The lower Apamia. What there's an upper and lower pamish sure is tartya pomeyev. There's two of them. Chadek uh, lisa v'chadek tasya, upper and lower. Chadek sheira v'chadek and it matters because the upper one they were considered bavel and genealogically fit. The lower one's not so much. Uvein parsa, and between them it's only three miles, but three miles may be world might as well be worlds apart because adadi and they were very makpid not to interact. Vafilu nur not even going to lend sugar to one another or a flame as it were. V'simanech the psula. And the sign of determining which place is unfit, how the Mishtaya is, is a language where Meshon is spoken, that's the one that's southern more, and where you speak a certain way, they know that you're not from the kosher one, the kosher Apamia. So the places were called Apamia, but you better figure out whether it's lower up, or upper. even if it's three miles apart, it's worlds apart. The Elbe said, Hey, how far does the bubble extend upstream? i Is it akkarded to or is it the Euphrates Bridge, or the Gizma Crossing? So light Abaye, Abayi, Rav Yosef, at the some say it was Yosef, cursed anybody who, who relied on the opinion of Rav, right, who said the Aqua de Blanqui. Why? At the Rav lay it? At the Shmuel, Wait, only Rav and not Shmuel? Shmuel was even more mechil than Rav. A lay at the Rav, Shmuel. Yeah, of course, he cursed Rav, and of course Shmuel, because Shmuel's was even further off off the map. Or, possibly only Rav was cursed, not Shmuel. Why? Because they flipped the places. Because the Euphrates Bridge was initially situated downstream. However, as we arrived at Bezam and Parsai, And in current times, we move up to the Persians. So now it's a bigger Chiddush also. Shmuel will be cursed also. But then it was only Rav who was cursed because the location of the bridge was changed. We're on top tomorrow Be'ezam